Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast. My name is Liam Barber Medkov and the topic for today's podcast is managing planning and strategy. Today I have with me Mr. Dave O'Hare, who is a business consultant helping to manage many physiotherapy practices in Ontario. In addition, Mr. O'Hare has worked as a mentor for a, a small investment company where he has advised their client companies in Azerbaijan and Qatar. How are you doing, Mr. Dave? I'm doing well. Mr. O'Hare, oh my goodness. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great (laughs) to be here. Not too bad. It's the first time I'm sort of doing this, so let's uh, bear through this together. So there's a couple of things I want to make clear to my listeners first is Dave comes into an organization that needs to be adapted. He doesn't do the corporate level plan planning from the base up. He doesn't decide whether it's a formal um, top-down formal planning or it's a a bottom-up planning. Um, What he does is he comes in, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. No, you're right so far. You come in and do an analysis of what the the revenue of a organization is and you adapt the structure or whatever needs to be changed to best fit the mission the vision of an organization with while saving maximum resources and revenue sounds good i like it yeah oh, okay <laughs> i didn't great. know it was that important <laughs> awesome you are you're very important so uh with that out of the way i have a few questions for you now we know swot analysis is very important when you start a SWOT analysis, how do you go about that in another in another organization? Well, generally what I do is um, the, the, this organization already has some kind of business plan. Yes. And that right. business plan might actually include a SWOT analysis already. Uh, but I often find that it's not detailed enough. Uh, mm-hmm. They've taken the sort of general uh, concepts. They haven't really dug deep into yep. it. So the, what I do is I look at the SWOT analysis and, of course, most companies are pretty good about their strengths. They're usually very optimistic about the opportunities, but they're not so hot, especially for us, because we're going to be investing a lot of money on highlighting their weaknesses and their threats. Now, is that because they do it themselves? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, so when I come in, my job is to not highlight those, but just be realistic about those. So I would look at uh, what threats the company could be facing, whether external or internal, mm-hmm. and yep. what... Um, weaknesses they have and then from there I would uh, start advising them okay no that's great if you believe the mission should change how do you conduct your advising so that the receiver responds positively how do you yeah, go about doing that that's interesting so most of these companies have a board in fact we, we require that there's some kind of a board even just one or two people yeah before we will get involved with the company so I would look at the board members and decide who are the players like you were talking about a moment ago about management structure Who's the real you know, decider? Who's the influencer on this board? Who makes the decisions? And I would kind of befriend that person, you know, respectfully, uh, get to know them, and, uh, and find out sort of what they expect from me, and exactly. then I would work with them. So it's not that I come to tell them what to do. We work together. I try to present myself as someone who's here to help your company. That's why I call myself a mentor not a, an investor yeah. and um, so I, I want to see me as an advisor who come alongside them and exactly. not to try and tell them what to do I'm not part of the corporate structure yeah. I'm an outsider yeah. that's important because if you assume that you're already a part of the corporate structure then it removes 
the formalities that may need to be met when you're advising um, advising the company in another in another country. Exactly. Right. So you can't you can't have that assumption that you're you're just in it. And and that's it. That they they need you. They can do off with somebody else. Yep, but yep. but that being said, I really think if I was in your shoes, I would be concerned about the EI, the emotional intelligence of both parties within um, while advising. Do you ever do you ever think about that? that yes, actually, it can be a big problem. Um, generally. There's somebody in the company uh, on the board or, or working in the company who is offended that a mentor's coming to yeah. board. Right? I could see that. And you have to, um, and that's part of the weakness. They don't realize that um, no, if you have a small company, you may not have all the strengths you need. Mm-hmm. And so one of your weaknesses is you're missing this element, and I'm hopefully bringing that element into exactly. the equation. So I try to convince them that you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job in this area, area A, area B, area C. I'm kind of here to maybe help you in D and E. And, exactly. And, uh, usually I try to win them over, and with my personality, it often works. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're very friendly. Um, now we've talked about SWAT for a little bit. Let's talk about, um, we're going to skip the two uh, first forces for Porter's um, uh, force, five forces, have you ever heard of Porter? You know what? <laughs> I may have studied Porter back in my university days, but this was a long time ago. So I don't remember that. No, I couldn't honestly say. If you well, asked me who Porter is, I wouldn't even know who he that's, is. You know, that's really interesting. That's interesting because the SWOT analysis and Porter's of five forces are quite similar. Are quite similar. We're going to skip the first two because they mentioned rivalry and entry, which is what a SWOT analysis does. But power of the supplier. So... Um, there's less, I'll list the three. The, there's power of the supplier, power of the customer, and then there's the threat of a substitute. Now, going through those three, they're, they're, they're quite, quite explicit. They're quite explicit. The power of suppliers, the power that the supplier has over the organization to make the product for the consumer. The customers have the power to leave or leave and leave the company in, in bankruptcy and the threat of a substitute product that's just, that explains itself how do you you talk about these things in absolutely. your analysis absolutely i mean when we do the swot analysis i guess in a way we're also doing looking at those factors i mean you have to look at suppliers um uh, for example, the physiotherapy clinics I work with, mm-hmm. you know, their suppliers are doctors. You may not think of doctors as being suppliers, but they are. See, doctors write referrals for physiotherapy. They like yeah. prescriptions for it. And if you don't have your doc- local doctors on board with your service, then you're not going to have the supply. So not only do you have to market to the doctors, you have to constantly be in contact with the doctors so they don't, because what happens, the threat of competition comes in. And then you've got to overcome that by having this great relationship with your doctors. We spend, in the physio business, we spend a lot of time marketing and relationship building with doctors. That's really interesting. Honestly, I would have never thought of a doctor as a supplier, but that's exactly what they are. Honestly, that that really is a great explanation. Um, So... I mentioned the barriers of entry for yourself as an advisor, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did mention that. So, 
how do you plan for success if an organization chooses your service and later on after you leave your you know after you leave your visit in Qatar they go away from your your uh, advice they go away from your advice if I was in your shoes I would be worried about an organization taking my advice for success and later on after I'm gone be influenced by the peer pressures of other people who are against you just because of either what either an ethnic reason or or whatever it may be and then fail yeah. and then have it back on you how do you how do you manage your own success well first let me tell you something Liam that's a big problem because remember I said we're an investment company we're actually like a loan company so not only am I advising these people we've lent them a lot of money Oh, so, my goodness. So part of the reason I'm there is to be a mentor and make sure that they can return the payments on those loans. So that is, as you said, a barrier in some ways because they see me as like a spy from the investment company. So as much as they see me as a mentor, they also know I'm kind of keeping an eye on them to make sure they're following the advice that we gave and to make sure they're following the things they told me they would do because it's not me telling them. It's us working together. Yeah. I'm one voice on the board. I'm a de facto member of the board of those companies. So what happens is when they meet as a board and decide something, what my job is to, to evaluate if that decision is a good decision and then to follow up to make sure they live up to those decisions. And sometimes they don't. Yeah. And then our investment can become in jeopardy. So yeah, you're right. I do have to follow up. And when they walk away, they, they usually can't walk away because they have our money. Yeah, exactly. So but when they walk away from the plan, uh, that is difficult because that's when I really have to use my interpersonal skills, you said the emotional intelligence yeah. to get in there and help them buy into the fact that you need to listen, we need to talk about this, we need to work this out. Let's go back to the SWOT analysis. Let's go back and look and see our strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats. What, where are we falling short here? Exactly. What, what part of the plan has fallen apart? Is it you talked before about the power of customers? Are our customers not happy? Why? You know, yeah. and how can I help you to overcome that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, a funny example from Qatar is, you know, I don't even know what Ramadan is, but it's a yeah. Muslim holiday. Yeah. So in Qatar, in Ram Ramadan, everything shuts down. Oh so these companies make no income during Ramadan. Now, if Ramadan falls in conjunction with July and August, Qatar is so hot, nobody works in July and August. So you could be shut down June, July, and August. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. wow. So I convinced the company they should look at alternate customers for that time period. Yeah, exactly. Because they exactly. should just shut down. I said, no, let's make some more revenue. Yeah. Let's look at what else we could do in that time period. Have an international uh, customer or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for your your time here on the podcast today. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, it is fun. I really do enjoy it. Of course, sounds like a blast. Oh, yeah. Yes. Really well. Yeah, I'm having I'm having a blast. I'm really enjoying it, and hopefully, I'm looking forward to implementing these these ideas and these things. Let me tell today. you, Liam, this is all very relevant stuff. It's all running in my business plan. So what I'm looking at you're talking about and what we're doing is in real life just matches right up together. That's incredible, Dave. Well, thank you so much for your time. I you're appreciate welcome. it. Take care.